Welcome to Stat Stories, where we take a deeper look at statistical intrigues from players, teams, eras, or events throughout professional sports. My name is Chad Shanks. I'm more known across the internet as an idiot who once got fired for an emoji combination. And my name is Justin Cabacco. I am the director of statistics for StatMuse, and I am also the creator of BasketballReference.com. Today, we are going to look at mistakes. Every once in a while, people make mistakes, and one of the most common areas for mistakes is in the NBA draft. So let's take that age-old debate and look at the NBA draft in what we're calling Episode 3, Revenge of the Whiffs. All right, so one of the most popular debates you know, in basketball internet is the biggest draft bust of all time. You know, who who's the biggest bust of all time? It's, you know, you can just Google that and find tons and tons of videos of people talking about it. But everyone kind of comes at it from a different angle. You know, a, a bust in the draft, you know, means something different to, to different people, you know. So what we want to look at today is, you know, how do you determine who is a bust and who isn't because there are so many factors that go into it so to get us started before we eventually close with uh, justin and i are each going to present our list of the three biggest busts in draft history but before we get to that we have to discuss what makes a bust so justin when you think of a nba draft pick who who's considered a bust what does that mean to you what does it mean for a player to be a bust so to me, it means a player whose career value did not match the slot where he was drafted. Okay, so for example, if you take a guy number one overall, you are expecting probably one of the the best or one of the three best players in the draft. If, if you draft a player number one overall and he ends up producing the 25th most career value in that draft, that to me is a, is a bust. Now, I... I I, I would put an asterisk on that because I do think there are exceptions that, that should be made. For example, injuries. Uh, lots of people think of Greg Oden as this huge bust. I, I don't really look at Oden as a bust simply because he had physical problems that prevented him from reaching his potential. If you look at his statistics for when he played, which was not very often, but when he did play on a permanent basis, he was really, really good but he just never had a chance to play for an extended period of time because because of the leg problems that he had. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, yeah, Odin is commonly considered one of the, the biggest busts of all time, and I think I agree with you that he, he gets a, a bad rap. And if you're going to take the perspective, like all external factors aside, you know, it's just based on where a player was picked and what's expected of them, well, then, yes, um, Odin was a colossal bust, um, but he wasn't a bust based on anything of his own choosing. He wasn't a bust because of his lack of skill. He wasn't a bust because, you know, he was lazy and didn't put in the work. I mean, the dude just had chronic health problems that he that he couldn't get over, you know, and I kind of I kind of feel for the guy when you heard the stories, you know, he'd have one surgery after another and try to come back and just one injury after another. So, yeah, like and one of the things people say with Odin that makes him a bus as well, they passed Kevin Durant, you know, to to pick Odin. They picked Odin over 
Kevin Durant. And so that's often used, you know, as an argument, you know, for Odin being like one of the biggest busts ever. But that's another question we need to ask is, do you consider just the player in and of himself and what he accomplished? Or do you compare his status as a bust based on who was chosen after him? Well, right. And that's where I'm, I'm saying, I think there's sort of, you have to use both of those things. You have to consider where they were drafted and what sort of production you would expect from a player drafted in that position. But you also do have to consider things like, like injuries and, and other, other factors that may prevent a player from, from reaching his full potential. You know, another guy who was, who was drafted very highly overall I think was he the second pick I mean Jay Williams for the Bulls was he the second pick I think he was yeah he was a second pick and then got you know got in the car wreck and was you know never the same and well, no, it was a mo- it was a motorcycle accident motorcycle wreck yeah you're yeah you're right sorry it was a motorcycle it, accident it was just a horrific leg injury I mean I think there was a question of whether or not he'd be able, even be able to walk again and um so that you know that's another example where he didn't set the world on fire his rookie season but he was definitely improving as the year went on, and I think the Bulls were probably expecting big things from him the next season. And of course, then fate strikes, and he ends up never playing in the NBA again. So, yes, yeah, so I, I I agree. I think it's unfair to consider Jay Williams a bust, even though in the at the end of the day, yes, he was a a waste of a second round pick, and that sounds really callous to well, no, not second round, put, second overall, or second overall pick. Sorry, that and that sounds really callous to. To put it that way but you know he was he was in that accident it wasn't you know it wasn't his fault and you know there have been other players that um you know have succumbed to you know all kinds of different ailments and they're still considered bust um adam morrison is often touted as one of the biggest busts of all time and justifiably uh, so i would say he but even him like his his numbers weren't great he um is kind of more well known now based on Jared Dudley's stories of him never showering and being um, like super smelly all the time. But even still then Morrison like blew out his ACL and was never the same after that. So do you, do you take that into consideration and saying in, in where you rank Adam Morrison? And then of course there's, there's the guy that's considered the double whammy the combination of injuries and uh, being being picked before a legend, which is, of course, Sam Bowie. So, you know, he had a career marred by injuries, and, you know, that kind of took years off of his career. But, of course, he is, you know, the infamous guy taken before Michael Jordan. Exactly. So, I mean, it's like, so Bowie wasn't, he wasn't, awful i mean he played i think 500 games in the nba he averaged like 10 points a game seven rebounds per game i mean those aren't great numbers but if you asked a lot of teams hey we can give you a you know a seven foot center who's going to score 10 a game get about seven rebounds a game he's not going to have to play a whole lot of minutes to do that would you want that most teams would probably say yes but yeah he he really suffers because he was drafted in between olajuwon and jordan and you know and barkley barkley was that year too right well, that was that was yeah the, fa- was the that, famous 80, yeah the famous yeah, 84, 84 draft right I mean yeah John Stockton was in that draft I mean so you're just talking about a, a loaded draft that year yeah so and so when you think about someone like Bowie and then pair it with Greg Oden you know the the Trailblazers kind of have that little that history of you know striking out on big men early in the draft and um, which you know begs the question you know is 
if a player is considered a bust, is that more on the player or more on the team that selected him with that selection? So, you know, you know, if they, where does the bust onus lie, you know, to not put it in a very clear, in a clear way, but you know, whose fault is it really? Is it, is it the players? Is it the team for taking them there or combination of the two? What do you think? Okay. So I was looking at this. There is, uh, I have a way I score each draft pick and I don't want to get into the math behind it. Cause it's not really something that would make for an interesting podcast. But anyway, I have a, I have a system where I score each draft pick in each draft and I, I tallied it up for the last like 35 years, seeing, okay, which teams have had the best draft, which team, uh, best drafts, which teams have had the worst drafts. And there is one team that by far is the worst draft picking team in the NBA. You care to take a guess? The worst one since when? Are we talking, we're talking lottery era? Yeah, let's talk, okay, so let's say lottery era, last 30 years or so. The absolute worst picking team. Um, I mean, I'll guess. I'll guess Portland just because of those two those two big ones that we talked about. But I haven't put much thought into it. No, actually, Portland's been on the positive side. So if the way I do it, if you have a positive score, that's good. You have a negative score, that's really bad. So by by far, the Clippers are the worst draft picking oh God, team yeah. of the last thirty plus years. Um, just, just some of the busts. Michael Olawakandi taken first overall. Darius Miles taken third overall. Uh, Benoit Benjamin taken third overall. Bo Kimball taken eighth overall. Danny Ferry taking taken second overall. Sean Livingston, who's turned into a decent reserve for the Warriors, but and he had, of course, the, the horrible leg injury, but he was taken fourth overall. I mean, they've just had a number of top five picks who did not pan out. Yeah, and that'll that'll lead to a you know a good few decades of, of mediocrity. I guess the last couple of seasons where they've been, you know, somewhat relevant has um, kind of erased erased that. But yeah, they they just they were a disaster for such a long time, and it shows, you know, how you know whiffing on these draft picks can really set a franchise back. So, um, who is the GM pick? Was it the same GM picking the whole time for, for that? For most of that time, it was, and it was the great Elgin Baylor, Hall of Fame forward for the Lakers, who <laughs> I think he was a Clippers GM for about 20 seasons, and I don't understand how he lasted that long, that they were just... Because he's, he's Elgin Baylor. Cause, yeah, well, right. You know, what are you going to do? He's Elgin Baylor. They were terrible on the court, and they were terrible in the front office as well. I mean... I, All right, so we're going to end We're gonna end with our list of who we say are the... the are each three biggest busts. But can we can we make an argument if you want to take this, you know, take it down this rabbit hole, can you say Elgin Baylor is the biggest bust of all time? If As you're going to take if As you're going to yeah, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're going to put if you're going to put the onus of a bust on the GM who the GM who's who's making the picks, then we're going to have to say the the biggest bust picker of all time is Elgin Baylor. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. And then I, I have candidates for, for like runner-up in the third prize, too. Let's hear him. So I, I would put Michael Jordan probably in that uh, worst three. <laughs> so, yeah, he and has then, a couple. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we already talked about Morrison. I'm sure another Jordan pick is going to come up uh, a little bit later. 
And then um, David Kahn of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves did not exactly set the world on fire with his draft picks. So Kahn, this is this is funny. So here three picks in a row that, that Kahn had that were just absolutely terrible. So in 2009, he takes Johnny Flynn sixth overall. 2010, he takes Wesley Johnson fourth overall. 2011, he takes Derek Williams second overall. Yeah, that's, that's three a years in a row of just horrible, awful horrible draft picks. Record. Yeah, and then he gets out of there, and you know this last season they they nab who looks like he's going to be a you know a stud, just an all around stud, and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, yeah, so they think things are looking a lot better for the for the Timberwolves right now. Yeah, even yeah. Though they're, and Wiggins the year before that. So yeah, well, I mean they didn't pick Wiggins. They maybe they did. I mean you know how those things go with the backroom dealings. I mean they may have. Had the, the the Kevin Love deal in place before that's true. That, that's true. Minnesota that's true. That's true. picked Wiggins, but yeah, I mean it was between Wiggins and Parker that year, so uh, Wiggins definitely seems like the the smart choice. And the so like the jury's still out on you, know, you look at someone like Jabari Parker who came out, you know, with you know the the sky was the limit for him, and then of course he gets he had that good rookie campaign that was cut short by injury and he hasn't really seemed like he's he's shown that potential yet so to kind of transition into our um our discussion of our list of the three biggest busts of all time um timing is a factor like so i look at someone like anthony bennett who I, I have on my honorable mentions list. I wouldn't rank him in my in my bottom three yet, even though he has just been a disaster, just an absolute disaster. And he was part of that the deal that we were just talking about going over to Minnesota. And so he had a chance to play on you know a team full of young guys. So he had more than his fair share to showcase what he could do. And he has just been absolutely awful like not averaging any more than you know five points a game um barely not even four rebounds a game in a season his career high is only 20 in a game so he's he has been a disaster as far as number one picks are concerned but he hasn't had that he hasn't had that long yet if you look at some picks in the past um they've been slow starters and eventually you know picked it up i believe we were discussing um chauncey billups right yeah how, yeah no ahead. so so i was just yeah chauncey billups was taken third overall i think he was taken by the celtics when rick patino was in charge and was in charge and he played for i think four different teams his first four years in the nba he was never really that good then in his fifth year he had a pretty good season with the timberwolves and then was on the move again went to the pistons and then he goes on a run with the pistons where he's an all-star guard he wins finals mvp he takes them to, I think, six straight conference finals. And then he ends up going to a seventh consecutive conference finals with the Denver Nuggets. And I would argue that Billups was the best player on those Piston teams. So, you know, you can't, I think it's a little too early to uh, render a verdict on Bennett. Although, I mean, I can't really defend him. He's been absolutely terrible. Billups was not even that bad. Bennett, Bennett's, yeah. Bennett's been truly terrible. But... Who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. He he could he could you know somewhere along the line here in the next couple of years develop into a useful player. Well, I mean, he's been he's been getting a good view of you know winning basketball on the bench in Toronto this season. So, I mean, maybe some of that'll sink in after you know struggling in you know a year in Cleveland and then in Minnesota. So 
who knows, maybe we'll turn it around. But it also brings up kind of what we were talking about with the subjectiveness of of this debate. So as we present our, our three players, I'm going to approach it with a little bit more of that that subjectiveness that kind of everyone does, where you take, sure, you take into consideration his stats, the environment, where he was drafted, the significance and expectations, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to, you know, take that into it. And when you look at, you know, someone like Chauncey Billups, you could say, well, Chauncey Billups, once he got into a good system there with Detroit, you know, and he eventually flourished. And then you look at someone, um, you know, someone that that we were talking about earlier, kind of like um, like Bennett that was, you know, put onto that Cleveland team that was just a disaster before LeBron came back, you know, how much can you really expect from that guy, you know? And that well, it's also, just... I, I mean, he was overpicked. No one going into that draft thought he was going to go first overall. I, I don't think I saw a single mock draft that had Anthony Bennett first. And then yeah. the, the Cavaliers just, just stunned yeah, they, everybody by taking him. So Yeah, because they were smarter than than everyone else, you know, and they, they, they figured that out. But and, and so you think, like, to compare to the NFL a little bit, whenever – there was someone with a lot of talent and they're going down the line and they, their name comes up and they're called by the Oakland Raiders. Like up until two years ago, you're like, well, well they're done. Like (laughs) that guy, that guy has no chance whatsoever. And like the Cleveland Browns have become that way. And so it's the same way with certain NBA teams. Like you talked about the, the Clippers for two decades. Like if you got drafted by the Clippers, then you had no shot whatsoever because you were going into a dysfunctional organization, you know, with a with a horrible owner, you know, who's luckily that all came out, you know, years later. But with the let's exception, not, let's not go down that that road. With goodness. the uh, <laughs> with the exception of like Lamar Odom ended up being a pretty good player out of those those years, but it was just one disaster after another. So you have to take into consideration, you, you know, is and it even, the players? even when even when they did it right, like they picked Danny Manning first overall, no brainer number one pick. He was a fantastic player, but then he gets he gets his knee torn up early in his career, and he's a good NBA player. But I think it, without the injuries, he could have been a fantastic NBA player. Yeah, there. So again, there are just so many factors that go into trying to figure out, you know, this very subjective debate. And I'm going to approach it using some of those factors as I as I say who I think are the three biggest busts of all time. But Justin's going to take naturally a, a kind of a different approach I'm gonna, so just explain a little bit about how how you look at this and how you evaluate busts okay so like i was saying earlier i, I kind of like to compare a player's career value to his draft position so like i said if, you, if you're drafted first overall sort of the expectation is you're going to produce the most value career value of any player in that draft so I have a way that I score each player's career, and it's based on not only their total career, but also how they did in their peak seasons when they were, when they were at their, their very best. And like I said, I'm not going to go through all the math in that, but I use that to sort of guide me in terms of you know who were the real busts and, and who were not. So do you want me to go ahead and list my my three biggest now, or are we going to just like how you want, let's, three, let's two, do one a... together? Or? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's go. Let's count down from from three to one. You do you do your three, then I'll do my three. You do your two, I'll do my two, and so on. And then we'll and we'll debate. So we don't know. We've we discussed a little bit, but I have no idea who his three are, and he has no idea who my three are. So we're gonna 
we'll we'll see if we arrived at any sort of consensus and then try to convince if not try to convince the other one why he's wrong so my number three is Darko Milicic and I don't know if I need to say much about Darko he's he's probably done (laughs) done got it (laughs) everyone knows the story of Darko right he's a boxer now right he's like a boxer and MMA fighter or something now he I mean, he I, gave I up have, on basketball completely. I have no idea. The way, so the way I score this is, he was the second overall pick. He produced the 33rd most career value of the players that played in the ABA from that draft. So not really what you're looking for when you're picking second overall. Yeah, and then Darko has the distinction of being the, um, you know, the black eye in one of the best drafts of all time. You know, with LeBron and Carmelo and... Um, you know, the rest of that draft, D Wade in that draft. And, um, yeah, so he just, he kind of sticks out a little bit as everyone else, you know, you know, got franchise players for years to come and the Pistons just, just swung and missed on, on Darko. So yeah, Darko is definitely one of the biggest ones, but I don't have him on my list. I don't have him in my top, on my top three. He would definitely, he, if, if I extended it to five, I think I would have him on here. So my, my third third biggest bust of all time. I have listed, and I'm going to butcher the mess out of this, so get ready. Nikolov's Skidishvili. Skidishvili. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. I think that's close. I think that's close. That's Denver Nuggets, right? Denver Nuggets picked him fifth overall. and That was the Jay Williams draft, too. Yeah, so they, he was the fifth overall pick, and I rank him, I rank him third in my list, even though his career numbers were just awful. So let me tell you a little bit about him because I don't, I didn't, I didn't even remember this guy at all. But when I'm looking on StatMuse and trying to search um, to try to rank some of these guys, um, Nikolaus has the fourth lowest offensive rating and the fourth lowest net rating since 85-86 by a player with at least 100 plus games played the fourth lowest of all time so he came out um it was the post you know the post Dirk Nowitzki everyone needs to grab the oh yeah every every tall white guy you can shoot yeah that lives overseas And so, like, some of the story goes that the the Nuggets with, it was um, Kiki Vandaway just became their GM, and they didn't even see him play in person because he was playing overseas. And, um, but they they just picked him anyway. And, and he was 19, he was a kid, he needed time to develop, and it just, it did not happen. He played 81 games his first season and then barely hit 80 games in the next three combined, you know, never averaging more than um, 3.9 points a game. I mean, he was just an awful, awful player. And his numbers may be worse than some of the players that I'm going to list next, but the expectation between a first pick and a fifth pick, you know, is completely different. You know, fifth pick, you're not expected to be um, a career franchise player every single time. So, but his numbers were so so bad, and he was such a flame out that I had to put him on there. And um, some of the players that came after him in that draft were Mari Stoudemire, Karam Butler, Carlos Boozer, and even you know Luis Scola, who's never set the world on fire, but he's still a very good, serviceable player. You know why Nikolaus is out of the league? He tried to make a comeback with the Clippers 
this year, but never made it, you know, never made it past um, preseason. So, and the guy, the guy my, taken right, the guy taken right after him was a big bust too. That was Dewan Wagner by the by the Cavaliers. But yeah, I, that's Skidishvili is a good pick. Skidishvili, yeah, and he's one that I don't think gets a lot of love as some of the biggest busts. But yeah, looking at his some of his advanced stats, he he is literally one of the worst players of all time. Okay, so number two, my pick. My my guess is we're going to overlap here on one or two of these, but Kwame Brown. <laughs> my pick for number list? for my pick for number two is Kwame Brown. All right, so let's, yes. <laughs> all right. So let's. And he, he, let's he was hear, one of Michael Jordan's picks. We were talking earlier about Jordan not really having a lot of success in the draft. So yeah, Kwame we kind of hinted, kind of hinted at a Kwame. You know, Kwame appearance in this. All right, so let's hear let's hear your justifications. I mean, just uh, he was taken first overall in the uh, 2001 draft, so you would expect an All Star caliber player. He was never an All Star caliber player. He uh, finished 19th in that draft class in career value, based on the way I measure it. So, not exactly a good bang for your buck there. Yeah, and, and he's, think, he's one of the he's he was one of the last players. I forget when the cutoff was made, but you know he came straight from high school. He didn't he didn't play and, a year in college, and and he killed it. He killed that entire uh, concept because you know you think of the players that came before him. You know, with a few exceptions, they all ended up being worthwhile. Like going back to Moses Malone, and then up to you know Kobe and Garnett and you know all those other guys LeBron that jumped straight from high school and then Kwame Brown was just an an abject disaster and then although you know, Kwame the... was before LeBron I have to, we should say oh yeah yeah but still he was it doesn't change I'm, the fact I'm sure he that... got the wheels turning though like GM yeah, it, did, it, yeah to think... it doesn't change the fact that and especially when it was you know Michael Jordan picking you know that I'm sure MJ MJ doesn't you know take too well to having you know um, you know marks on his record like that of you know so in with Adam Morrison as well you know his his picks haven't been haven't been too great but um, yeah some of the players that came after Kwame were um, Tyson Chandler Paul Gasol and Zach Randolph so even just among big men in that draft you know Kwame was nowhere close to it but if you look at like his I'm I'm gonna defend him a little bit kind of in the same way of um you know skittish veely that they're they're both babies you know and you you just try to bring these babies in there that aren't prepared to play with these you know play with grown men who are professional and, and you know they get the crap kicked out of them and so that makes me the argument even more that sometimes the onus of whether or not someone's a bust lies on the gm who who did the picking you know, to where they should have known this guy was not ready in any way, shape, or form to play. But Kwame wasn't as much of a disaster as um, as Nikolov's because he did he had a thirty point game, which you know I guess that's pretty good. Um, you know, you can't be a complete bum and score thirty in the NBA. And if you look at some, once Kwame ended up with the Lakers. Like if you try to watch some of his like career highlight packages and stuff like that, once he was playing alongside Kobe and some of these other good players, you know they could bring out the best of him. Um, Actually, you know, you know what? In his third season, he looked like he might become something useful. So he was 21 at the time. So in his third season, he plays 74 games, averages around 30 minutes a game, 
11 points, seven and a half rebounds, shot 49%. So, I mean, that, that looks like somebody who might turn into a, a decent, pretty decent NBA player considering he was only 21 years old, but that probably was his best season as a pro. Yeah, so, I mean, and that goes to the argument if he should have been playing those games, you know, on the college level to develop. So by the time he would get to the NBA, he's already at that level. But anyway, that's not what this this whole debate is about. You know, we're not going to get into that thing. But yeah, Kwame Brown, by by either his fault or the fault of the people who put him in that position, the number two, the agreed upon consensus number two biggest consensus draft of two. bust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's enough. We We know what we're talking about. All right, so here it is. The number one biggest bust of all time. So for me, it was really easy. Michael Olawakandi. All right. That is Michael not my pick, but I want to hear That's yours. not yours. Great. Michael Olawakandi was a huge guy. Seven feet, 270 pounds. Went to, the, uh, uh, went to Pacific and played his college ball there. Drafted by, who else? The Clippers, number one the overall Clippers. in 1998. He was awful. He was awful. He played somehow he played 500 games in the NBA, but he was terrible. He shot like 43% from the floor, 59% from the line. And so like 43% from the floor. Well, I looked at that a little deeper. So, he took 75% of his shots in his career from within 10 feet of the hoop. And he still shot 43%. I mean, that's Awful. The average NBA player shoots around 54% inside of 10 feet. I think Olawa Candy shot like 48% from that that range in his career. So he's just he's horrible. He's 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 inefficient. He doesn't make free throws. He wasn't really a great defensive player, so he didn't have that going for him. You know, make, like somebody sometimes you can take a player who's sort of a, a stiff offensively or doesn't do a lot offensively because of the way they'll they'll um, help out on the defensive end. No, that was not Oliver Candy. He didn't help out on the defensive end. So I have him rated as the 56th best player taken in that draft, and he was selected first. He was selected first overall. He's one of the few players who's. Pl- the way I measured anyway, he's one of the few players who played more than 400 games in the NBA and actually had a negative career value. Yeah. And this this isn't compared to average. Like, this is a, a, a very low bar, and he's still rated below zero. Zero is, like, not average. It's, it's, it's like, low, 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 low. It's, like, replacement level. And he was worse than that. All right, so now I'm going to be I'm in the position where I have to argue against your facts and and, uh, and numbers. So if we like I said, if we extended it out to like feels our top 5 list, Oluwa Candy and Darko would definitely have been put on there. But when I looked so I just do like a surface look at Oluwa Candy because he's, you know, considered by many to be one of the biggest busts and he had he had a couple seasons where he averaged double digit points. He you know, put up some de- decent rebounding numbers, not decent for a number one overall pick, mind you, but, you know, for a, he had some serviceable NBA seasons, you know, even with all of these problems. So the player that I put at my number one is someone who I think was just completely useless as an NBA player in every way, shape or form, did absolutely nothing well. He was picked second overall and never averaged more than 3.1 points per game in a season. 
He was a giant and never grabbed more than 3.6 rebounds per game and never blocked more than 1.3 shots. Never scored more than 13 in a game, barely grabbed double-digit rebounds, and was chosen before the likes of James Harden, Stephen Curry, and DeMar DeRozan. So my number one is... I know who it is now. Okay. The complete waste Hashim Thabit. I don't think there's ever been a player that I've looked at that was chosen in the top three that has contributed less to the NBA than Hashim Thabit. Apart from a cool blonde patch, you know, in his hair, which, you know, is kind of unique. And if he was halfway decent, I mean, the marketing possibilities for that would have, you know, would have been great. But yeah, you want to talk about someone, you know, with, with size at the bucket who just couldn't couldn't do anything with it you know Hashim the beat across the board did not contribute anything not not even on a season level like we're talking like on a game level this guy never never did anything so Hashim the beat if he if he was maybe if he was chosen 15th 16th something like that you know, he we just throw him in the same conversation that we do with like the George Murasons and the the Sean Bradleys, who are you know the the giants who you know skinny giants who never really worked out. But being that he was the second overall pick and coming out you know pretty pretty highly touted out of out of college, he he was worthless, just absolutely worthless. And uh, yeah, and it, actually, I I had Hashim uh, fourth. So if we had gone four deep, he would have been my fourth guy. I had him; he was really close to Darko. In fact, I had him rated a little worse than Darko. But since the beat was is still only in his twenties, I believe he's 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 not that old. I, I figure there's maybe some chance it, that someday he'll, oh he'll be able well, to. Well, he's bounced around the D League, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's bounced around the D League. He's he's had he's had his opportunities. It's not going to happen. We can we can throw some hope Anthony Bennett's direction, but it, yeah, it's it's done, Hashim. It's not going to happen. And so, to any of these so-called busts who happen to be listening to this podcast, number one, what are you doing with your life? But number two, we mean nothing personal. And like I said, I think the more we talk about it, the the onus of a bust is a lot of times not on the player himself. But the point of all of this is we can ramble on and on as people have done and even with Justin pulling out the stats to prove, you know, you know with complex equations who was the the biggest bust of all time, I still I still can't even be convinced of that. And so this debate will go on and on and so we we're going to wrap this up under the agreement that Michael Olawa Candy slash Sheem Thabit are the biggest draft busts of all time, but with an asterisk by it saying that maybe Elgin Baylor should be considered the biggest bust of all time, depending depending on your on your perspective of what actually constitutes a bust. So thank you very much for listening. If you downloaded this on iTunes, be sure to check statmuse.com and go to our blog and you can see some embeds of the stats and the searches that we've referenced throughout the podcast. And as always, keep doing your own searches and finding, if you find any interesting topics you think we should talk about, just send us a, send us a message on the StatMuse Twitter account, which is at StatMuse. I'm Chad Shanks, and we will see you in the next episode of Stat Stories.